The verse for this series we're looking at comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, when it says this, We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. You're going to hear things over the next few weeks that you're going to agree with. You're going to hear things that you say, yes, pastor, that's right. But agreeing with something and being able to do it are two different things. And so today I want to look at something that affects all of us. Something that that I believe that causes more issues in our life than what we were want to admit. Most of us are living at a pace that's out of control. We are living at a pace that we cannot sustain. And so this morning I want to look at unmasking chaos. Unmasking chaos. My question to you is, is, are you living a life with a sense of purpose? If someone asked you, how is it going? What is your response? I'll tell you what my response is, especially here lately. Busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. How many people will say you're busy? Let's just, we're unmasking it this morning. We are busy. We are busy people. Many of us live our life stressed and depressed. You can tweet that. Instagram it. Stressed and depressed. Well, how do you know if you're living a life of chaos? How do you know if you're living a chaotic life? How do you know if you're living a life that's out of control? Are you always in a hurry? Is your to-do list so long that you'll never get it all done? Do you use your days off to catch up? Has more than one person ever told you that you needed to slow down? I posted a video on Facebook in our group last week. I don't like doing it. I probably won't do it again. Reason being, I love communicating with you guys. But as soon as I posted it, as soon as I posted it, I got a message that said, dude, you look like you haven't slept in weeks. <laughs> At least that person was nice enough just to send me a private message. Somebody in this auditorium decided to just put it out there for all of you to see. And it was like, dude, you look really old in that video. I'm not even going to tell you who it was. Just go look. I didn't delete it. I wanted to and delete the friendship <laughs> and kick him out of the group. But I like his dad too much.
And he makes a pretty good cup of Tim Horton's coffee. That's all I'm saying. You still work there? Okay. <clears throat> Do you feel guilty when you relax? Are you as tired on Monday as you were on Friday? These are clues that you're too busy. And we have to stop acting like it's okay. We have to stop telling ourselves that it's just normal. It's the American way. If I'm not busy, I'm not being productive. One speaker put it this way. He said, if the enemy can't make you bad, he will make you busy. I thought about that. If the enemy can't make you bad, he will make you busy. What does the Bible have to say about this subject? Well, in Job chapter 9, verse 25, it says this, My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing joy. Proverbs 19 and 2 says this, A person in a hurry makes mistakes. As I was looking over my notes, I saw several typos. Luckily, I'm the only one that sees them. I know what I meant. But if you're in a hurry, you make mistakes. Luke 21 verse 34 says this, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Be careful. The anxieties of life, the chaos, will close on you suddenly like a trap. You don't even see it coming because you've spent time wearing a mask, acting like it's okay. When life becomes chaotic, there are some things that we become. The first thing that we become is scattered. We become scattered. We don't know if we're coming or we're going. We go from one thing to another thing. We try to do it all. The problem is we don't do anything well. Anybody feel scattered? I was standing up here this morning. I had my keys to the church laying on the countertop right in front of me. And I start digging in my pockets. Aaron said, what are you looking for? I said, my keys. He said, they're right there, right in front of my face. Because my mind was going a, a million different directions. I become scattered, going from one thing to another, always thinking about the next thing that we talked about not too long ago. But the problem is, is when we do that, we don't do anything very well. Secondly, we become frantic. Frantic. What does that mean? When I look up the word frantic in the dictionary, I see this. It says, conducted in a hurried, excited, and chaotic way. Typically because of the need to act quickly. Typically because of the need to act quickly. Frantic. Anybody living life in a hurried, chaotic way? Next, we become stressed. Stressed. 
How many people know that stress is not good for you? There's some things that stress will do to you. Effects of stress on your body. It's proven. Stress will give you headaches. It will cause you to be fatigued. It will give you an upset stomach. It will cause you to have sleep problems. Stress can also affect your mood. Anxiety. Feelings of depression. Sadness. Can also affect your behavior. You can become angry very quickly. You can go through social, what they call social withdrawal, where you just want to sit in the corner. You just want to go home and lay on the couch. You're stressed. It can cause you want to exercise less and eat more. All these years, I tried to figure out what it was. Stress. It causes those things in your body. The last thing that I want to talk about and what I really want to focus on, what living a chaotic life will cause you to do is become reactive. Reactive. I believe that many of us here today, this is where we are. And when this happens, the problem is is that we now do not have time to do what's important, but we always have to do and focus on what is urgent. Now you're sitting there thinking, important, urgent, aren't they the same thing? Let's look at it this way. Not too long ago, they started putting a roof on the new building. And when they did that, it was really important that they, they weren't finished yet. So it was really important that they put tarps and stuff over the, the part that wasn't finished. They did that sort of. But there was a bad storm that came through. And it began to, the wind began to blow and it blew those tarps off. And I don't remember if it was Aaron or he calls me, he said, we've got a problem. He said, there is water everywhere. So here in the driving rainstorm, Aaron, my father-in-law, and myself, let me put that in there, climb up on the roof. I get there, which is back up. I get there, and I have never seen two people so chaotic. And I believe Melanie was there too. And my father-in-law had water running down him, dripping off him. He's soaked. He's trying to, because they're trying to get this water into buckets to give it something and somewhere to go to get it away from the walls. So what they were doing is, is what was important was to make sure that the roof was fixed, to make sure that it was covered. But because of what was important didn't happen, then the water became urgent. It became something that had to be done. It had to be, they had to react and it caused a chaotic life a chaotic situation because getting that water diverted had become urgent. If a company gets a virus on a computer, it's urgent to get it off. It has to be cleaned. 
That's urgent. But what's important is to install software to keep it from getting the virus. You understand where I'm coming from now? When we don't do the important, it creates urgent in our life. And then we must spend our entire time doing the urgent so we can never do the important. A marketing guru said this. He said, if you choose what is important, you will not or deal with as many things that are urgent. Not too long ago, we looked at a story in the Bible. And I told someone this morning. You know, when you don't get something right in school, you have to take the test again. After I talked about this just probably a month ago, a month and a half ago, I began to get messages. I said, man, that's where I am. That's what I'm going through. What else can I do? How can I change my lifestyle? How can I fix this situation? But there's a story in the Bible found in Luke chapter 10 where two sisters, Mary and Martha, they're dealing with a situation with Jesus. And when we look at Martha, she's overwhelmed by the urgent. She's so overwhelmed by the urgent that she misses what's important. Luke chapter 10 says this. The Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village. When they got there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat down in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Finally, she went to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best, and it will not be taken from her. Mary has chosen what is best. Mary chooses what's important. You ever had somebody coming over to your house unexpectedly and they call when they're like three minutes away and chaos sets in? It's like, this house is a mess. Anybody... Anybody, does it bother you? Raise your hand. All right. So I, I know I'm going to give you at least four minutes before I show up. And there's somebody here that if you're coming to their house, her famous words is, the house is a mess, but we live in it. And I'm thinking, that's so awesome. Take off the mask. But you can imagine, just if the pastor's coming by, how you want everything to be in order. Think about it in this situation. It was Jesus that was coming by. Martha is tore up. I mean, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is coming to the house. She's running around crazy, trying to get everything prepared and just right. And it tells us in verse 40... Let's read that again. Martha was worried about 
all that had to be done. She was distracted. She was distracted. All the preparations. And what I want to offer to you today is that many times we become distracted away from what's really important. Many of us are faithfully pursuing the urgent, neglecting what is important. Ask yourself right now, what is the most important thing that you've been distracted away from pursuing? For many of us, it's not putting him first. Not reading the Bible. Not seeking him. You say, well, I'm so busy doing things. So many of us have become child-centered parents. Life revolves around your kids. You've neglected your marriage. You failed to realize that marriage is the glue that holds the family together. Some of you have neglected your physical body. So many urgent things. I heard someone say that you're too busy. If you tell your kids that it's time for dinner and they run and jump in the car. We are fast food generation. Fast food is convenient. We've neglected our physical body. I would love to work out three times a week. Would love to. You know what? Too busy. Here, Martha is distracted away from what's important. Look in verse 41. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things. Say, well, how do I fix it? What am I supposed to do? This morning, I want to give you just a a couple of practical things. And too often, as as people will say, "I, I understand what I need to do, but help me figure out how to do it. So this morning, I just want to be practical. The first thing I believe that will help us all is to create artificial deadlines. What is that? It's a fake deadline. It's not real. For me, my true deadline is about 11.15 on a Sunday morning to have my sermon prepared and ready to go. But I learned... When I, when I took over as pastor a couple years ago, speaking was the thing that gave me the most stress, the most anxiety. Getting up here and, and doing this Sunday after Sunday caused me to lose sleep at night. And at that point, I set a, an artificial deadline. And if I'm not ready to get up here on a Sunday morning by Wednesday, I start to get stressed. A couple weeks ago, it happened. My wife doesn't like it when it happens because I become stressed. That thing that we talked about a minute ago become probably hard to live with. So I created an artificial deadline. And I said, by Wednesday, I want to be ready. 
By Wednesday, one of the most important things that I do, I don't want to put it off until Saturday night. Why would I wait? Because if I leave all the important things in my life hanging, then I'll never get to focus on anything. I wouldn't be able to, to enjoy my family on a Saturday because I've left everything that is important just hanging. I can never focus on anything. Well, think about it. If you know that you're going to be away, you're going on vacation, you're not going to be working Thursday or Friday, you have a deadline that you said, I'm going to get everything in five days that I need to do in five days done in three. And you begin to do that. And it happens. You set a deadline to get everything. So then what do you do? Well, you can't possibly do it all. So you start to delegate the things that you shouldn't be doing. You say no to the things that, that you shouldn't be doing. You begin to make faster decisions during the day. I was thinking about cleaning house. How many people love to clean house? How many people will take a day and just says, this whole day I'm going to spend doing nothing but cleaning house? I'm going to clean until I get done. Anybody ever said that? Did you get done? If you have children, you did not get done. Because if you started in one room and it was clean and you go to the next room and then you come back down the hallway, that room that you spent cleaning is messed up again. And you're ready just to scream. But you say, I'm going to, to clean until I get done. And you clean all day and then you're still not finished. Growing up, I hated those days. I hated them. We're doing nothing today but cleaning house. And I suggested, I heard someone give me this idea. Say, we're going to clean for one hour. What we get done in an hour, we'll get done. Whatever's left, we'll get to it next time. Some husbands are saying, yes. Some kids are saying, yes. Sorry, Mom and Dad, my room's not clean. Pastor said, just, I only have one hour. Now, the key is you have to spend that hour cleaning. But start to set artificial deadlines because you're never going to get done everything that you want to get done, and then you spend your life trying to accomplish what it thinks that you think you have to accomplish. Say, I'm going to do this. Maybe, it, maybe it's at work. Or sometimes you just have to say, you know what? Day's over. I tell my wife all the time, day's over. It'll be there in the morning. Sometimes she listens, sometimes she doesn't. She'll say, I'll be, I'm leaving at 4.30. I look on find my friends and 5 o'clock. She's still 611 7th Avenue. Is that right? 611 7th Avenue. And then she'll message me. I'm just now leaving. I had this. I had that. But when you do that, you live a life of chaos. Set some artificial deadlines. Secondly, be selective in your yeses. 
Be selective in your yeses. Doesn't that word look weird? It is grammatically correct. At least the internet told me it was. Google doesn't lie. I looked at it and I thought, that's not right. It's the plural. So now you learn something. Be selective in your yeses. For most people, being productive isn't from a lack of commitment. It's from overcommitment. Some of us, many of us, probably all of us, are overcommitted. Being busy does not mean you will be fulfilled. Being busy does not equal being fulfilled. How many people have a to-do list? All right. I have one. And it seems like it just gets longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. How about this? How about we create a do-not-do list? A do-not-to-do list. How many people would like that? These are the things I'm no longer going to do. These are the things that I do not feel are important to my well-being. These are things that other people can handle. I went upstairs this morning and it's just in my nature. I knew it would be handled. But the iPad wasn't out to sign kids in. I was like, where is it? And I began walking and somebody looked at me and said, don't worry about it, it'll get taken care of. And I thought, you're right. It will. And then I went and got it anyway. (laughs) We're open. The mask is off. Somebody says, please put it back on. But you say, these are things I'm no longer going to do. Because you have to be strategic in what you say yes to. There's some good things that you're going to have to say no to. And only say yes to the very best. The best moms don't do more. They do more of what matters the most. The best leaders do not just do more. They do more of what matters the most. The most effective followers of Jesus don't just simply do more. They do more of what brings glory to God. You have got to remember that being busy does not mean you're being successful. So we create artificial deadlines. We become selective in our yeses. Those are practical things that we can do. But there's one more thing that we need to be able to do. If we look at what Luke says here in this text, he said, Mary has chosen what matters the most. Mary has chosen what was better. Well, what was she doing? She was spending time at the feet of the master. And for many of us, the answer to our problem of a busy life is aligning our heart toward his kingdom every single day. If you're not seeking him first thing in the morning, you're not letting his word be part of your life, 
I'm guilty. I, I, I try. I've tried it because I'm not a morning person. I am not a morning person. Unless I'm going to go do something that I want to do. I was going to a West Virginia football game yesterday. I was up and out of bed at 6.15 a.m. Ready to hit the road by 6.30. Why? Because it was something I wanted to do. Something that I found important. And I've tried to justify in my mind, I'll, I'll seek him tonight. I'll do that when I get time. But you know what happens? It gets pushed out of the way. Because we begin to add more and more things during the day and our to-do to -do list gets longer and longer and longer and we begin to have to react to what is urgent and we do not have time to do what's important. We run the kids to, to soccer practice and to this and to that and, and then we come home and we have homework to do and, and all of these things and before you know it, you're so exhausted that you've spent no time with him. Mary's chosen what was important. Martha was distracted. You're too tired to seek Jesus. You're too busy. Why? Because you've said yes to too many things. We must first and foremost choose Jesus first every day. Not too long ago, somebody asked me. We were sitting down over a cup of coffee. At, and they said, if I were to ask you, what do you need most in the church right now? What do you need most? My first answer, if I'm being unmasked this morning, my first answer was, I need more people to become committed to the church. We need more help. I'm beginning to tell him, we have children's workers that they're in service maybe once a month, if they're lucky, because we have so many kids. I need more help. We need more help doing this. We need more, we need more help. And as I was sitting there and saying that, it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's not what you need most. That's not what you need most. It may be something that you need, but what you need most is for more people to become committed Solely to Jesus. People that are completely sold out to their relationship with Him. And so at that moment, it's been about two weeks ago, I quit praying about workers. And I began to pray, God, give us people who will live out Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. God, give me people that puts your kingdom above everything else. Seeking him. This, is, this has always been one of my life's verses. When someone comes to me and says, well, I need this and this and this and this, and I say, no, what you need is this. Put him first above trying to find that perfect man or perfect woman, that perfect relationship, that perfect job, put him first. And what does he promise? 
He will give us everything else that we need. And as I began to look at that, I said, God, give me a group of people that is completely committed to you. Because you know what will happen? You know what will happen? When you become sold out in your relationship with God, everything else will fall into place. You'll be coming to me saying, what can I do? How can I help? What, how can I make a difference? Because you are so determined in your relationship. Have you ever had that, that friend that you would absolutely do anything for? Everybody needs a friend like that. Everybody needs to be a friend like that, and everybody needs a friend like that. That friend that no matter what time it is, no matter what they're facing, you will do everything in your power to help. That's the kind of relationship we need with God. We need to have that relationship that we are so connected to Him. We are so committed to Him that we say, I want to fulfill the Great Commission. I want to do whatever it is that needs to be done because I want my Father to be known in this community and at my job site and in my family. That's what matters most. We can set artificial deadlines. We can say yes to the right things. But when it all said and done, it comes back to this philosophy, this principle, this spiritual truth. If we spend time doing what matters the most, if we can stop allowing the enemy to talk us out of the important and causing us to always surrender to the urgent, Always be reactive, not proactive. Two last verses. Exodus chapter 33, verse 14 says, The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. He said, Moses... This is what I promise to you. There's some of you here that you need rest. You need to stop living such a chaotic life. This is what God promises. Matthew 11 verse 28 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Too many of us live such a busy, chaotic life. And we act as if it's okay. But we are so tired. We are so worn out. And here he says, Jesus says, come spend some time with me. 
Seek me first. Come unto me. And I'll give you rest. Rest is not found in anything else. Some of us want to make ourselves so busy that we forget about everything else because it's stuff we don't want to think about. But he says, come to me. So here's my challenge to you today. First of all, if you've never made a commitment to him and you wonder why that your life is so chaotic and why it seems like that everything is just crashing down around you, it's because you're not living out Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Give it to him. If you're here this morning, you say, well, I've asked for forgiveness. I'm trying my best to be a follower of him, but it just seems like it's just not working out. Re-examine your life. Look and see. Are you busy chasing the urgent? Are you forgetting to do what's important? Are you allowing that to be crowded out? Are you a Martha as opposed to a Mary? Mary has chosen what is best. And my challenge to you is before you do anything else in your day, try it. Spend time with him. See how it works. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I have never truly made that decision. I've never truly made a decision to follow after him. If that's you and you're here this morning, you can signify that just by slipping up your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Most important decision you'll ever make. Thank you. Thank you. You might be here this morning and say, Pastor, I... some point in my life I I decided that I was going to follow after him but it it just seems like that even after making that decision that, that I'm just still running to and fro I'm still just constantly stressed out tore up life seems so hard and my question to you would be Are you seeking him first? Are you seeking him first? If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's probably me. I love him. I want to follow after him. But this Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 thing, I'm I'm probably not being as committed to that verse as I need to be. Bet you, you can just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. and I'm raising my hand with you. There are days that I'm so busy that Jesus gets pushed out. Spending time with him gets pushed out. Pastor, you can't do that. Listen, this is a place to be real. If that bothers you, sorry. Sorry. happens to me too.
too. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. If you were here this morning and you, you raised your hand that you had never truly accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, can I tell you it's just as simple as asking, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. That's how simple it is. So right now we're going to pray. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you, pray this prayer with me. We're all going to pray it. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm so thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. God, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy that I don't deserve. God, I pray right now that you'll forgive me of those things that are displeasing to you. God, that you will come into my life God, I want to be a follower of you. I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of missing the mark. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. So that I can serve you. Father, I come before you this morning with those of us who have a hard time. seeking you first. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to our hearts today. That we will understand and realize that seeking the kingdom is the most important thing that we can do. Father, help me become more committed to that principle. God, help us become more committed to putting you first. To putting you on our calendar first. And then allowing you to give us everything else. God, help us be a Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 kind of people. Kind of church. Kind of family. God, help us become so committed to you that we're willing to do whatever it takes to see people's lives changed. God, help us become sold out 100% to you. God, I thank you for what you are doing in this auditorium right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the work that's being done. thank you for the lives that are being changed God I thank you for those who prayed the prayer 
who've committed their life to you. God, you've told us that the angels rejoice. God, I thank you for those people. 